Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. All right, welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today I have Shaz from GPS Financial on the podcast. If anyone follows him on Instagram, you'll have seen his Wear Shaz logo, which is what caught my eye initially, to be honest, and that's how we, we got talking. And one of his most recent posts has got Drake in it, so we'll talk about that in a bit. This is I love to talk about this kind of stuff. So Shaz tends to specialise in property investors' finance, and if you follow him, you'll realise that he, he tries to make it as straightforward as possible for his clients, and he's a self-proclaimed networking nut, which we'll get on to, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about the networking element. Now, getting Shaz on here is a big coup because he originally said he wouldn't do another finance or property podcast after being on Ted Talks, which is obviously massive. So I'm honoured to have you on the, and I promise you it's not going to be all about finance and property. So thank you very much for coming on, Shaz. How are you? Yeah, cheers for having me, Chris. I'm good. Uh, manic, as we discussed, but good. Good to yeah. have time out. How about yourself? Yes, I'm good. I'm, I'm busy. If mortgage brokers are busy, I tend to be busy normally with their social media. So it's all, all good for, for everyone yep. to be busy. So I thought we'd start if you could tell us a bit about you. Now, I know you're obviously bored to death with all the finance stuff. So let's give us a background about you with three questions. Okay. Sure. So tea or coffee? Tea. Tea. Yep. You're yep. my kind of man. That's the one. <laughs> when you have scones, do you have yep. them jam then cream or cream then jam? Jam then cream. It's not even a question. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong way around. You're not supposed to get that answer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and what would you say is your favourite song of all time? Favourite song of all time, right. Um, so I'm, a, I'm a big Childish Gambino fan. He's on one of my posts. Oh. And I'm going to say Childish Gambino, uh, Freaks and Geeks. It's a rap song. Right, okay, we'll, we'll get that. I might do that as like the outro. I don't know if I can get it. But... Uh, it's not very, very PG-friendly, I'll be honest. <laughs> I wish it would stay clear of that. Yeah. I just thought it'd be nice for people to get to know you a bit more as a person yep. rather than a broker for GPS Financial. But sure. So you just give us a quick summary of what you do on a day-to-day -day business in your business. Sure. So in my world, uh, I am a mortgage broker, like you said. Um, work within GPS Financial, but self-employed, doing my own little thing. The average day, I'd probably come in the office, see my emails flooding in. I've yep. got a set of time that I'm going to look at new inquiries, process existing inquiries, and I'll set aside time to do the social media thing, which I know you're big on. Yep. So whether that's kind of I'm tagged into things or tagging myself in or responding to inboxes, Instagram, which I find really strange. Awesome. People give me a full case study on Instagram. And I'm like, in that little screen, you, I'm like, you know, you need to analyze your yeah, numbers. You can't yeah. Do you um, set time aside for that? That's interesting. So do you set time in the morning to do your social media feeds and things? I do it actually later on in the day. Um, so what okay. I do, I'm normally here about half seven, eight o'clock anyway, because nice. I can't sleep, got two kids, you know, but <laughs> so what I do until nine is what I don't need to do to make phone calls. So any research with lenders or sourcing, I'll do that because I don't need to speak to anyone. I can just do that and get it over and done with. Right. But what I do do, which is a, it's not even a secret. I've told someone before is any emails I'm sending these days out of hours. So whether it's before nine or after like six, I'll yeah. schedule them to go out within within working hours so people get the right expectations because nice. it does get on top of you sometimes. I can imagine, yeah, if you're emailing somebody at 11 o'clock at night, they must think, oh, well, if I email him on Wednesday night, he's going to respond. 
oh, if I, if I email him a Wednesday night and then I'll send a WhatsApp to say that I've emailed you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a bad, bad trail to go on. So is it, you, you're setting yourself up for not so much failure, but you're setting up for that precedence then, aren't you? That's gonna, yeah. People are going to think that's the norm then, aren't they? Absolutely. And so what does the day look like now that you're, you say that you've got an office that you go into and we were talking about that Wales is just about to go into lockdown? Yeah, so I live in, in Newport and Newport already is on local restriction, soft lockdown, whatever you want to call it. You know, you can't really travel unless it's essential. Mm-hmm. And then, so today's Friday, but as of Sunday, Cardiff, where the office is, is going to be in lockdown as well. But as you know, you know, you just need a laptop and, and a phone line and yeah. a working internet connection to work these days. I will probably still come into the office if we can. I mean, I'm a mm-hmm. financial services worker, so potentially I can still travel if I need to. Yeah. If you need to, yes, but I don't really need to, you know. So you can do it. And if you people have listened to this podcast before, I ask a question at the end of the podcast about <laughs> relocating to an area. And Shaz has got a great story about how he was stuck in Pakistan during lockdown. So yeah. don't skip along, listen to the rest of this podcast. But that is going to be an absolute beauty, <laughs> I think. Beauty of the question. So that's how your business runs. You help investors, HMOs, that kind of bubble. HMOs, bridging, property investors. Like I don't really, don't really do residential. If someone comes to me for residential, I'm a bit like, I'll pass it on to someone else maybe. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I guess that's what I try and get across on social media. It's more for investors and specialist finance. Yeah, of course. Right, that's business done now. We've got Good. a background to you. <laughs> now we can get into the juicy stuff, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so networking... I love that on your Instagram, you put in your bio that you're the networking nut. Is that how everybody knows you? Yeah, I love a bit of alliteration as well. (laughs) But but I think it it kind of happened by by force, really. So when I joined GPS, I think maybe a year and a half ago now, Mm -hmm. I started off with no clients, you know, completely blank client book. And it was basically sink or swim. So how I was like, you know, how do we get business? It's through networking. Okay, well it's not second nature, but let's just, let's just do it. What's the worst that could happen? So for the first six to nine months, I was pretty much at every local meeting and also traveling as far as Birmingham to go to every one of those as much as I could. Were you? Uh, Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not the most outgoing person, believe it or not. Like I'm quite shy. Really? But I just did it because you had to, there's no other way of of getting anyone, any business. And like I say, it's, it's grown. So yeah, I think the where's Shaz kind of personal brand thing, that literally came about because people would say, where is Shaz? You know, are you in Birmingham today? Are you in Cardiff? Where are you networking? So I thought I'd just ah, follow that through. That's what, so that's, that's where, where Shaz came where's Shaz? from, was it? Absolutely. That's interesting. I'd love <laughs> to see a post on that on Instagram about how it came about. I think that'd be a great thing to, to show idea. the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> follow them. Absolutely follow them. So networking. What is the biggest benefit to networking in your eyes? I think networking is good for, well, visibility. So you're there and you're, you are the person for X. You know, you are the go-to guy for that area. Mm-hmm. The more you go, the more consistent you are. It all links in. The more visible you are, the more credible you are, the more consistent you are. And as long as you're backing that up with the work you're doing, you get word of mouth, you get referrals, and suddenly you haven't got to go to speak to people. People will come to you. Okay, so I think yeah. it builds that trust. But also, I mean, people say to me, like, Shaz, you go to Birmingham, do you actually get any business? I'm like, probably not. You know, no one's walking around with a live deal. But actually, what it does do is when I'm in Birmingham, I'll put that on my social media. Suddenly, people are going to think, hang on, this guy must know what he's on about if he's traveling that far. If I'm speaking at an event in Peterborough, for example, oh, hang on, if he's been traveling all the way down there and they've asked him to speak, he must be 
an expert or a specialist in that area. So it builds credibility more than anything. And also connections because you don't really know who you know uh, until you ask the question and vice versa. They don't know what you do until you tell them. Good point. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there, traveling all over the country, it shows a commitment to your business. So yeah. for me, if I saw you in Peterborough, Birmingham, Wales, all over the place, I'd think, well, this guy actually wants his business to work. So I want somebody that's driven like that to help me with my, not only my mortgages now, but my 10, 15, 20 year plan of property investment. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, I speak to a lot of brokers, you know, quite friendly. And I think generally the specialist brokers, we tend to have smaller client books than most others, but that's mm -hmm. because those clients are going to give us repeat business pretty much for the life of their investment journey. You want to build that relationship as opposed to one transaction done and dusted. That's not what, what I really want. And that I think it's it's true with the emergence of like the online brokers, which they do they do serve people because people just want to um, get their mortgage, get it done, and get it gone. Like Habito, for example. Yeah. That they've had a. I mean, I love their marketing campaign. It's it's yeah. aiming it at a certain um, age of people, isn't it? But can you really say that Habito are going to be there for you when you have? when you want to talk about your next HMO or Shaz, what do you think of this area for an investment? You're never going to they're build not, that and, relationship. You know, they're not going to be there after five o'clock, for example, or weekends. So yeah, they're good for the odd transaction. Maybe something that's really mainstream. If you want like say a relationship like you would have with your accountant, then yeah. that's when you have a specialist broker on board. Exactly. Sorry, I was going into business then. Um, yeah, I can't, can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> <laughs> so where would you say is the best place to find networking events? So there's a website called meetup.com and you just put your, pop, put your postcode in and it comes up and it depends what field you're in. So again, I'm looking at property and in property generally there's two big companies that do networking events. You've got uh, Progressive, they run PPN up and down the country okay. and you've got PIN, which is again up and down the country. So mm. it depends. But yeah, with meetup, you can search by postcode, search by field. So you can search for, I don't know, building construction networking events or any sort. So all sorts is, is good on that. Uh, also Eventbrite, awesome. similar kind of website as well. Yeah. Uh, but really it depends what you want. I think once you're in, in a field, you might see relevant events, but I think also it's good to go to events that are not in your field. So for example, yeah, you can go to three property events in a month, but also go to one non-property event because then you're the only property person at that event. So you'll be yeah. the specialist in that field. You'll be, you'll be known in that group of people that you go, yeah. go to Shaz if you want to talk property kind of thing. Absolutely. So how many, when you started out versus to, I suppose, just before lockdown, how many networking events would you attend in a month? Well, it wasn't that many. I'd, I'd slowed down deliberately, but I think mm -hmm. it's like omnipresence. People think you're there because, again, social media isn't real time, so you'd stagger the posts and so on. Yeah. Um, so I'd speak regularly at two events, one in Cardiff, one in, New, uh, one in Birmingham. I'd speak there, that's mm -hmm. every month. And then I'd probably go to two more. So four events in total, if that. Wow. But the thing is, they're not just four events that are down the road. You are traveling for two, three hours at some times to mm -hmm. make sure your face is seen in those, in those areas, isn't it? Absolutely. And when you go to these networking events, I've always wanted to know this. I've done a couple of them, but are you a business card or a no business card kind of guy? I'm a carry my business cards very yeah. very reluctantly give them out and then when i do yeah. give them out I make it really memorable i'm like hey listen if you want my card here's my card by the way i designed that how look i feel how soft it is okay. it, it sounds really weird and cheesy but actually people remember that and they kind of oh oh yeah, yeah. it feels very nice it's something that they'll remember for next time 
I suppose you're using the sense, sensory, another sense, aren't you? With yeah, the touch and it's one of those. If you've, if you've taken the effort to pay whatever extra it costs to get a soft velvet fee on your card, then you mean business. It's perception, isn't it? That's a, I'll be spraying it with my aftershave and be like, <laughs> smell it as well, mate. Splash and sniff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts to these? Because I suppose COVID's even going to change the handing over of business cards, isn't it? What's your thoughts to these um, like digital business cards that you can tap? Have you seen these? Yeah, I think they're pretty cool. I've seen, I've seen some with QR codes, and I think QR codes haven't taken off as much as they could have. No. Um, maybe a lot of it is because you need a special QR uh, scanner Reader. on your Android phones. I mean, I think iPhones by default, but they haven't really taken off. I've seen some, yeah, where you can tap them in and it brings up like Linktree with all your relevant links. I think that's really yeah. good. Um, it could be the, I think it could be the new way of especially talking. But I love the fact that your business card is bespoke and you talk about it in a bespoke way, about the touch and the feel of it and I designed it. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's the last thing I'll give. I'll, ne I'll never be in a rush to give my card out. It's like, let's talk about you. What do you want to do? And then, oh, what do you do? I'm like, yeah, I do this, but let's let's go back to you and talk about you again. Have okay, you got so a card? Yes, it. I've got a card. Yeah, flip it back. Oh, and I read I read Darren Brown's book years ago about how to remember people's names. Do yeah. you have that issue as well? So, well, luckily, most of these events I've got name tags. So I'm always <laughs> looking at the chest area, like, oh, your name's so-and-so. But I put this on LinkedIn last week, actually. So I've got, maybe it's just a personality trait. I've got a really peculiar memory. So I'll remember the really weird thing people tell me. So if I met you today, you told me about your cat going to the vet, for example. Yeah. And we met six months afterwards. I'll probably ask you about your cat. And I find people that love that. Like, oh, the wow, world. How, yeah, how did you remember that? I'm like, because you told me, you know, you volunteered that information. <laughs> yeah. um, it wasn't relevant to anything we were talking about finance or networking wise. It's just something really personal. Why wouldn't I remember that, you know? Yeah, and they're bought into you as a person then, haven't they? Yeah. That's really interesting, that. Have you met anybody... Anybody famous at any of these events at all, or anybody that's worth worth mentioning? No, I've not met anyone famous, but I go to some <laughs> of these property events. Um, and you know, Ted, you mentioned Ted's talks, and yep. I go to these events, and obviously he's a friend and everything. But I see people approach him, and be like, "Hey, Ted, can we get a selfie?" And it's like because they want to get the yellow t-shirt in their pictures. I find yeah. that mad. It's cr that's what you need. You need to wear a Shaz t-shirt, don't you? Like I a, need the logo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. Wear Shaz. I'm right here, mate. I'm right here. You need to speak to me. <laughs> um, and what would, because we're going to get on to a few questions, because what Shaz kindly did is he put it out on his Instagram to um, get everybody to send questions in about networking. So we'll get on to those shortly. But what would a couple of tips that you could give people on networking during lockdown so networking during lockdown. So I guess you've got these Zoom meetings. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan. I prefer one-to-one. Like if it's a one-to-one Zoom, great. I find with the um, multi-people Zoom, there's no real networking. Like you'll have a speaker and you just sit there listening and watching the speaker. But then they do try their best. They have you know breakout rooms. And then I think you've just got to make the extra effort to make a note of five people that you actually want to follow up with and follow up. I think follow up is key. Because, like I say, it's about building relationships and building connections. And that's not going to happen the first or second or third time. It's going to happen over a couple of months. So definitely follow up with people you think are interesting. Um, one thing that I do a lot of, this is whether it's physical or online, is pre-networking. Um, okay. Again, I'm fairly shy. Like I don't like speaking to brand new people all the time. Some days I don't mm -hmm. it's not my thing. But what I've done or what I do is, especially with social media, if there's an event next week, you'll know who's going to that event because Facebook says so-and-so's going. 
so message those people say oh hi chris i've, I've noticed you, you know you're going to this event so am i and just have a conversation because what that means mm-hmm. is you've broken the ice by the time you get to the event you're not strangers anymore you do that to five different people suddenly you're the person they're going to speak to and it's not so awkward anymore and i think you've almost uh, that's just a mind-blowing idea that's <laughs> so simple but i would never have thought of that and the great thing is for those other people they feel a lot more comfortable going to that event because they're yeah. going to be familiar with somebody aren't they yeah. so you've almost helped five other people as well as your as well as yourself yeah and the other thing i tend to do a lot of as well and not so much with zoom but is if i'm meeting someone for the very first time say it's a potential client or just a business uh, thing is i'll try and link it in with a networking event so it's like hey listen we should meet up, but actually there's this event next week. Let's meet up an hour before because then it's worth their time. If we don't get along, if there's no value in our conversation, they're going to meet 50 other people and it's worth their time as well. And I find that really helps. So that's another top tip then. So if you are meeting a potential client, if you're traveling all that way, try and link it in with a networking event. Is that your tip? Yeah, because if they're traveling as well, it, it makes sense for them as well. So they can get value at the whole whole meeting and tie the two things in together. So okay, you've you met this client, met them an hour before, had some coffee, you got along great, go to a networking event, you've done your pre-networking, so now there's five other people who know you, kind of come speak to you, and again, perception, suddenly you seem like the big dog because everyone's talking to you. They're going to be, you know, it's, it's perception. A lot of it is perception. Wow, you literally have a plan going into a networking <laughs> event, don't you? I didn't expect to get this much depth out of kind of like a 15-minute conversation, but... You have a strategy and a process to it's a process, make sure yeah. I you put... It's, yeah, I think strategy is probably, the, it's not strategic as such, it's quite organic, but yeah. Um, like, I, I think there's nothing, more, for me personally, I couldn't think of anything more awkward than two people talking and me you know, trying to shift in and join that conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, the strategy is, well, I want people to come and speak to me. You know, how do I do that? And it's those things. You put yourself in the best position to succeed at those events, don't you? because and that's probably because you're traveling to these events you want to make the most out of them don't you yeah otherwise otherwise you're going to be there pretending you're on your phone at break time to because you don't want to avoid eye contact not speak to anyone and that's not that's not beneficial to anyone and when you contact these people before the events do you do it through facebook you just text them through their pro um, their personal profile how do you tend to do it yeah yeah, i'll just i'll just slide in the dms you know Uh, (laughs) hi hi i see you going to this event and obviously the answer is yes. You know, you you lead the conversation. You go to the yeah. event, yes. Oh, so you're interested in property, yes. Okay, great. So am I. This is what I do. What do you do? And even that is it just breaks the ice. Um, and I think everyone's braver on behind their keyboard. So you can say, oh, I'm not really looking forward to the event. You know, maybe we can meet up five minutes before, just have a quick chat or something. What shared interests have you got? What common ground have you got? And, and take it from there. That's awesome. Yeah, that. If anybody takes anything away from this podcast, take that. That is just phenomenal. So in terms of questions, I've got, I've got a few here from Nilly. Yep. They ask, how do you overcome shyness? So I would say like pre-networking, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're, you're setting, yourself, setting yourself up to succeed. The second thing I would say, and this is from uh, a guy called Saj Hussain, who runs networking events. And it sounds really harsh, but he's like, if you're shy or you don't like yourself on videos or anything, just get over yourself. Like, because <laughs> everyone's been in that position and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not talking to people, because again, you've made the effort to come to the event. That's great. That's step one. Mm-hmm. Now take action, speak to people. I've been to a few events where a lot of these, you get a chance to speak for 20 seconds, pitch your business and say what you do. Yeah. And I've seen people in the audience kind of 
oh, try, am I going to get up or not? And I'm like, just get up because no one, there's 50 people. You've spoken to five people today, but this mm-hmm. is your chance to speak to everyone. How often are you going to get that, you know? So I think shyness is, I'm shy. I don't like speaking to new people, but you're going to have to do it. It's just get over it. And just you say you're shy, but you talk about speaking at events, getting up for 20 <laughs> seconds, messaging everyone. This, I don't, I think it's, no, I'm not going to say it's not a front, but I know, I know what you mean. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's that, that fear of speaking to somebody new, isn't it? But you do everything you can to try and break that before you even get to that conversation. Or another thing I do, I mean, strategy or tactic, as you call it, is, <laughs> um, is adopt a, ro- a role. So I actually went to a physical networking event about a month ago, part of the 5am club in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. 60 people which i'm surprised they got away with it but it is what it is oh, of course yeah and um i i realized that i was playing the role of a connector so essentially i was like hey chris you should really go speak to to sam because you guys are interested in this i'll, I'll leave you to it oh were you so yeah so you're not stuck in a conversation for ages but you're speaking to different people less touch points they're like oh yeah so you become like an authority because suddenly you know what everyone does you're connected everyone to each other and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, as you know, you're good at so good at networking. I'm like, I'm not, I just know that you guys would get would hit it off, you know? Which is networking. <laughs> Which is networking <laughs> in itself, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's mm. so you be, you adopt that role of I suppose that allows you to speak to so many different people in a shorter amount of time as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and you're giving people value. So if generally if generally, you know, Sam can benefit from speaking to you, then yeah, mm-hmm. definitely do the introduction and move on. Class, awesome. Uh, Amgad asks, how do you attract, sorry, how do you attract investors? So I would say one, by being investable yourself, but also by asking the right questions. So often at the 22nd pitches, I see people say, I'm here to speak to investors because I've got a really good deal and I'm offering this much return or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But actually, I mean, maybe a better question would be, you know, it's, it's the LinkedIn pitch, isn't it? When you put your LinkedIn bio, it's what value are you giving? And so you, you yeah. what, don't think of what you want. Think of what you can give and what people can gain by dealing with you. Mm-hmm. And also Simon Zushi via PIN does a lot. I think he positions it and says, never ask directly. So I need 10,000 pounds for an investment. I'm not going to ask you, Chris. I'm going to say, Chris, who do you know who's got 10,000 pounds for this really good investment because I'm offering this return? It's less awkward because I'm not asking you for money. I'm asking you if you know anyone who's got money. And you may say, well, actually, I've got a bit of money. Tell me a bit more. So, but I think so then you they're be, asking you. Yeah, and you have to be, you have to be investable yourself. So, you know, if, if Amgad asked me for, fi- for money, for example, asked me for mm-hmm. investment, I'm definitely going to go on his Instagram and his Facebook. And if I see that all his pictures are of Tupac and Biggie and flash cars i'll probably be like no thanks but if, if his pictures show a journey of you know other properties he's viewed and deals he's done and so on i'll be more inclined to invest so from a social media point of view if you are somebody that is looking at properties and you want to set that business up instagram would be a great way to document that whole journey wouldn't it Definitely. take a photo of your first photo your first property that you viewed yeah i think instagram definitely good for the visual journey because it's just a visual platform and i've noticed people now Instead, uh, when they do the before and afters, they start with the after picture first on the carousel because that shows first on your feed. They don't want <laughs> yeah. the, the before picture showing. But yeah, document the journey because the journey is more fun than just showing you your wins. You've got to show the whole journey. especially It's with, the process uh, of it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I always say to people, if you can afford it, I think it would be amazing. Say if it's uh, somebody that's looking to buy properties, have, have a, a guy with a camera follow you for a day and just document your whole day. You've got 
a few months worth of content then you'd be surprised so again networking because you'd be surprised how many oh, I don't want to use amateur but how many you know cinematographers or filmographers you'll meet at networking events mm-hmm. want to get into property but that's their kind of hobby slash talent mm-hmm. connect with them and say look listen I've got I'm working on these deals do you want to shadow me for a shadow me for a day if you do some yeah. content you know we can work together that's again it's a joint venture in a way that benefits you both because you're gonna if you then look at their page and I know it sounds silly, but they've tripped up the step into the house or they've shown you some 70s wallpaper. You're getting to know them as a person and people yeah. buy uh, from people, don't they? This is exactly it, Chris. Like I, I always say with networking and with social media as well, and they're all interlinked and all overlap, is definitely lean into your personality, the quirky bits, the bits mm-hmm. that you might think personally a bit weird, or I don't want to show that, but actually that's what sets you apart. There's thousands of people who do what you do potentially or mortgage brokers or whatever. So yeah. why would someone want to use you? And so when I go to events and we do start speaking to people, like I love food. So I'll talk about food quite a lot. Okay. Um, I used to own a burger restaurant, which I've recently sold. So I used to talk about that. And they'd be like, oh, you're, you're a mortgage broker and, and you own a burger restaurant. That's, that's amazing. It's not really, but it's memorable. That's the thing. Be memorable more than anything else. Yeah, you're the mortgage broker that, that sells burgers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're set apart from the guy that talked to me about yeah. 10% yields for half an hour and I wasn't interested. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> and then the next question from DK Rental is, are there any upcoming events? Now, I don't know if that means personally or any that you know of. Um, so I think, I mean, the tentative plan for a lot of these was to come back in January, but based on the new announcements just yesterday, I think we're probably looking at quarter two maybe or even... You know, yeah, I was, I was thinking that. But we say that I think there's there's a lot of people getting away with smaller mentorship groups. Like I'm speaking at an event uh, next week. There's 15 people, and they they're classing it as vocational because it's an educational uh, meeting. Okay, yeah. So it's not networking. It'll be me speaking. So people are there are ways around it, or you can book a private venue. But I don't think is it worth the risk. I think formal networking will be a good six months away, which is a shame. But yeah. it is what it is. And that's, we just need to do our best on social media to connect with as many, because this is essentially networking. We've spoken on an Instagram probably for only the last two or three months, haven't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But without Instagram, we would never have connected. And that brings me perfectly onto social media. You've given a great tip there, lean into your personality on social media. But what would two other tips be to become successful on social media? Because you obviously are. It's a weird one. So I'm going to say be consistent. But then I, I was looking yep. at my Instagram for what come on today. I haven't posted since the 3rd of September, but that doesn't bother me because I'm busy. So it's fine. You're, but, busy. You're not p- pitching for business at the minute. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, be consistent. So and that consistency in your post, but also your tone and your journey. And it sounds really bad because it's not, it's quite organic, but there is a narrative. Mm-hmm. So if you're a property investor, you're refurbishing properties and really that should be a journey all the way through if suddenly halfway through you switch up and you're posting again pictures of cats, people love cats, but suddenly it's going to totally shift attention away from what you're actually doing. So figure out what your page is for and what you want to achieve and and post on that. So yeah, consistency. Um, I think value as well, because a lot of people post what they want, what they think they want to post as opposed to what people want to see. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be yourself, be what you want to be, but make sure it's valuable. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah share the wins as well as the losses. Definitely a lot of people share the high points, but actually it's very interesting to share the low points. You know, there's a HMO investor right now and she's sharing that there's rats in the HMOs. And I think that's really brave because 
you know, if would you want to invest with her? Would you want to live in a property if those rats? Because she's dealing with it and she's sharing that, that process. It's a good point, isn't it? You, you show that, I suppose you can overcome those things as well, doesn't it? So it gives you a different angle. Yeah. You spoke about a minute ago, changing up your Instagram, your grid, essentially. You, do, you want to keep the same message. I listened to a lady called Janet Murray who talks about this. And she says that if you think of your Instagram like your house, yep. your Instagram grid is like when the estate agent comes around to value it. It's perfect. All the toys are away. All the doors are shut. It's beautifully decorated. The candles are on. But then your Instagram stories is your house on an everyday basis. So it's your day-to-day living, your cat. I thought that was just a great analogy to show people that your grid should be perfect and your Instagram stories is your day-to-day running. I thought it was a great analogy for it. No, that's actually very good. Yeah, I think that's that's what I try and do. So the grid is stuff that's not really time sensitive. It's stuff that could stand the test of time. Uh, It's like your greatest hits. Whereas yeah. Yeah, your stories are your singles that you know come and go. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm going to use gonna that use one that. as well. <laughs> I'll give you the shout out on the next podcast. I'm like, well, nice Shaz said that your Instagram grid. <laughs> <laughs> so, what could obviously you're very big on your personal brand because your name is where Shaz and I didn't yep. know that you worked under the um, the GPS financial brand. I just knew yep. you as where Shaz. So, your name's obviously prominent to help your personal brand. What could you? What tips could you give people to help them build their personal brand on social? Um, first of all, yeah, make it personal. Be yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So, I've seen a trend. There's a lot of trends. So I see a lot of trends now where people are doing uh, cartoon caricatures of themselves as their profile picture or put them on their brand. It's not okay, a bad yeah. idea because it shows a bit of personality. But then, if everyone's doing the same thing, then it's not so great. So, what sets you apart? Like, I personally don't like doing videos. Okay. Videos like this is fine where it's one-to-one on a Zoom or something, but mm-hmm. pre-recorded, looking at the screen, I'm not comfortable. So if you're not comfortable, don't do it. But then if you did do it, what's the worst that could happen? So I would say yeah. push, you know, push your comfort zone. But personal branding, I think, I know that like, I've seen people do content calendars. So for example, Motivational Monday, wins on a Wednesday. And I'm, me personally, I mean, I don't think that works because then you're setting yourself up where you're kind of under pressure to post. What right, if you okay, had a win? Yeah. What if you had a win on a Friday? Would you wait till Wednesday to tell everyone about it? You know <laughs> That's what I mean? a good point. Yeah, yeah. But then I think when you're starting out, that might be a good way to help is just have a little bit of structure. Post, post, post. Um, I think scheduling tools, I don't really use them, but I know they can help. But personal, it's interesting, man. Personal branding is, is just being yourself mm-hmm, um, yeah. and get, getting your message across, really. I suppose it's posting ad hoc, isn't it? It's posting a win when it happens. And it's interesting that you talk about you're not comfortable on video, but somebody that isn't comfortable on the video might be fantastic at writing a, a two-page blog post. And I've kind of learned that I am, you know, without being too cocky about it. Yeah, video, I'm not the best, but actually breaking things down into quite simplistic terms, explaining the theory behind things in a way that makes sense, isn't full of jargon. I'm really good at that, so I, I stick to that. And that works really well on Facebook, on Instagram. I can do the, the carousel posts all day long and they work really yeah. well. So you get an idea of what works well. Um, yeah, push, you know, stick to your strengths, really. Where do you create your carousel posts? What do you use? Uh, so I use Photoshop. Okay, I'm awesome. A, yeah. I'm a hobbyist graphic designer as well. So yeah, I use Photoshop. Oh, are you? Oh, awesome. You, you can tell that from your posts, but a lot of people would probably think that you've outsourced that. No, but no, no. It's you I mean, doing I, it I, I like Canva's good. I think with Canva, it's one of those things where you can tell when someone's been designed in Canva because how perfect the text is and so on. 
So yeah. I might start in Canva, but I'll definitely Photoshop it just to finish it all off. I'm a huge fan of Canva because I, I always tell people, look, it's it's free. It's There's free. no other design out there that you can design software. And it's 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 drag and drop. So if you are a busy mortgage broker and you want to put consistent posts out, you can do the drag and drop. And they've just released last week a free, um, sorry, a scheduling piece at all. Have they? Okay. Yeah, That's which not- is coming. Like I tried Adobe's version of it, which is Spark, but it's, still, it's nowhere near as good as Canva. Canva beats them hands down, I think. I think Adobe's a bit clunky, I find, especially on the mobile. But um, but yeah, it's a yeah. Good, good bit of software. Where did you? What would you say is your most effective platform? Because you spoke about Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, of course. But where do you get most of your business from? So I, I probably get nothing on LinkedIn. I do post, but I think with LinkedIn, and I was speaking to Sam, so Sam Norris, our mutual friend. And, you know, ah, right, okay. Oh, I Gary, didn't realise this. Yeah, yeah, the Gary V of, uh, of brokers. But um, <laughs> I was speaking to Sam just now, actually. That I think LinkedIn, I am probably connected with the wrong people because it's all industry people. So for me, yeah. my LinkedIn feed ends up being case studies, other, other people's wins, and just elaborate stories. I probably need to expand my connections on that. And I know you do that. I see your posts every other morning with LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm always on LinkedIn, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so with Facebook, I find... I get tagged in other people's posts where people want a mortgage broker. So that ends up me just responding and saying, you know, here's the answer to your question. If you want to speak more, we can help with Instagram. It's, I, it's more visual. So yeah, if I do a post or a story, that's kind of breaking news. So-and-so's done this. I get, mm-hmm. I get feedback on that. I think Facebook still is, is where I'm getting most traction. Yeah. But Instagram is picking up, but I find Instagram unusual because it's just a small phone screen. People are literally inboxing me full on, scenarios and i'm like look trying to email that to me because this screen's only five inches mate how how do people write messages that long my thumbs have been numb by the end of i know it. i know but then now every day in the office i've got a, a chrome window with web instagram my mess my text message and facebook and web whatsapp because that's all the business coming through <laughs> do you know what whatsapp on desktop has literally saved my life because yep. i can bash out massive texts and then i i think some of my clients look at it and go oh chris has sent me a page again <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. instagram messaging as well that's that's new to the browser i don't know if anyone knew this but it, it never was a feature before no. was it no but, but it's good now can. and it's good so yeah you can do all your browsing off the desktop and web messages off the desktop so that's easier mm-hmm. um but yeah i get tagged in a lot via facebook um, on yep. Instagram, I think the content is helping. Yeah, I think Facebook is still number one for this service-led business that, that mortgage brokers do. Have you thought, I mean, we've talked about videos, so it's probably not your kind of thing, but TikTok, have you ever ventured into that? TikTok, no, I haven't, but I've seen Reels, obviously Instagram's version of it. Yeah, Instagram's, Instagram's version everything. of it, yeah. And I, I see people doing Reels and doing really well off it. But again, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, what message do I want to get across? Like. I think in my, in my post, I do make some jokes, but then I don't think I'm hilarious. I think I'm kind of awkwardly funny. I've probably got time <laughs> to be doing jokes on, on reels and TikToks. I mean, Sam's doing really well with this things mortgage brokers want to say. Oh, Instagram, no, yeah. Uh, things mortgage brokers things love that to mortgage hear. brokers love to hear, yeah. I'll let him crack on with it. He's doing really well. <laughs> well, let's talk about one of your posts. It's got Drake in it. How's, why, why put Drake in one of the posts? Because you'd never think a mortgage broker would do that. Because I think a post three or four posts before I had Charles Gambino on, on a, on a picture. Right. Um, and it did really well. I was like, you know, the post wasn't amazing. It was about starting with the end and working backwards. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Let's just follow that up. You know, it's, it's been a couple of posts since then. 
Oh, the message, the actual post itself, even without Drake, would have been great. I, you know, yeah. I know that. But yeah, with <laughs> with Drake, I'm guessing he's a familiar face. Suddenly, like you said, it's unusual. You're like, oh, hang on, what's Drake doing on on Shaz's feed? And you're compelled to read. So exactly. um, that's pretty much it. Just a bit, just a bit unusual, but not too unusual to be to be weird. <laughs> Leaning into your personality because you obviously like that kind of music, exactly yeah. what we've spoken about. Put that personal, personal touch to it. It's just something that caught my eye, and I, I hope people that listen to this can can try and incorporate some of those things into it. It will yeah. give them the personal edge. Absolutely. If so, social media. I'm just going to look at this as a sound like a broad spectrum now. If a parent came to you and said, "Social media is the root of all evil. I need to keep my children off it," what would your response be? So I've got two young kids myself, so I would say okay. that social media is is a semi-essential part of life right now, and it will get more and more important as time goes on. Um, you probably need to kind of understand what your kids' content your kids are consuming um, mm-hmm. and actually work with them or kind of educate them on, yeah, this is what you should be doing. Um, I think it's, it's part and parcel of daily life now, isn't it, social media? I know there's some people who don't use it yep. at all or don't need to use it, and that's fine. But... Um, all social media, all kind of forms of networking, all forms of interaction have got good and bad. You just have to choose what you can see. Choose which ones you want your children to see, I suppose. It, it's, it's a part of everyday life. Gary Vee talks about this, that so many years ago, they said that Elvis shaking his hips was the devil. <laughs> then they said TV was the devil. And yep. TV is now a daily part of our lives. Absolutely. And social media will become so as well. So I'm, I'm completely on with it on that one. So then the strategy question, this is the one I've been looking forward to asking. So I ask all my guests, if you were to move to, I normally say like the north of Scotland, but let's say you moved to Pakistan. like So you were locked down in, in Pakistan, weren't you? So you couldn't leave. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. So you're big on networking, so I can kind of see where this is going to go. But what would you do to start building your brand new mortgage business? So this, yeah, this actually happened. It's a true story. So yeah, last year, just before lockdown, I went to Pakistan. It was meant to be for a family wedding. Three weeks was the plan, but I was there for like nearly three months because lockdown, I think three days into the trip, yeah, lockdown, can't go anywhere. You're staying here. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I took my laptop with me anyway. I was planning to do a little bit of work and still had some admin support whilst in the office. Um, Yeah, so lockdown happened and it was... It was crazy how quick everyone jumped on Zoom. You had all these investors and networking people just yeah. on Zoom. Obviously, the internet in Pakistan isn't great. You know, it's spotty at best. Um, Is it? So what would I do? I mean, what I did, I think at that time, I was in a position where I was kind of omnipresent. So even if I wasn't posting, people were tagging me in. So I was kind of like, people say to me, Shaz, it seems like you're everywhere. Again with the yeah. West Shaz. Where's Shaz? Love that. And I'm just like, well, like, you're always on, you're always on Facebook, always on so on Instagram. And I'm like, look, I haven't posted in a month, or I haven't posted anything in ages. It's just perception. It seems like I'm everywhere because yeah. you see my name a lot. So I was in that position where I was getting inquiries, things were just chugging along. And even though I was away, I was still doing the kind of inquiries, emails, everything. So I would still can stick to your marketing, even if you're not present. Stick to your marketing, do your posts. Because whether you're in Pakistan or in the UK or in Greece, the, the finance market is still the same, essentially. You know, the, the content is the content. Yeah. So just post. Just post. Just make sure it's consistent and be omnipresent, as you said. So post on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, blog, everything you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I need to work on my LinkedIn game. I think I need to tailor the content, definitely get new connections, make new friends because my friends right now are not the ones who are my target market. If anything, yeah, I've been yeah. gained. I'm probably the target for the packages. So they're the ones who tell those stories. So actually they've won because they've got me and I can see their posts. Yeah, I need to okay, work on yeah. that, definitely. Change that up. Become yeah. the online net, online networking nut. That's the net. That's the next company to come out of this. <laughs> yes, I saw. I saw someone post the other day on LinkedIn saying, "Look, if if you're on LinkedIn um, and all you talk about is mortgages, you're doing it wrong." And that's probably. I think that's pretty much correct. You shouldn't be talking about mortgages. Is obviously you do that. Talk yeah. about the process. Talk about businesses, processes, your wins. Talk about that kind of stuff because that's interesting. I, I had um, one of the ladies that I work with now, we, we started a conversation and she said, look, can you give me some tips on LinkedIn? And I said, connect with people that are in a, in a large company that are near you um, and just message them and say, look, I'm a mortgage broker. If you need any help, I'm here to help. And one of them came back and said, I'll put your details on our company intranet that goes in front of 1000 people. Wow. Oh, just from that one conversation on LinkedIn with somebody that wasn't a mortgage broker, she's gained a few leads from it. So that person is very correct that you shouldn't just talk about mortgages or just connect with mortgage brokers, connect with people that, that live locally or sp who want yeah. to use your services. That would be my top tip on LinkedIn. I definitely agree. Yeah, I need to work on that. We'll follow up on this in a month. Mate, it sounds like you haven't got enough time to do anything at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's another, another arrow, another string to your bow. Is it called? Is it? The, yeah, the, the yeah. Is that it? it is. Yeah. And looking after a little, a family as well. You're not going to have much yeah, yeah. time left. No, I think that's, um, I love talking about that networking thing. I think it's, well, I hope it's brought people a lot of value and they're going to take some real good takeaways from that. So thanks for jumping on, Chaz. I really appreciate it. No now, before we end the podcast, I always ask anybody that comes on um, for a charity that's close to their heart because I like to donate £10 to a charity of your of your choice, Chaz. Um, I'm just going to say Great, Great Ormond Street Hospital just with the, with the kids. So okay, my, awesome. yeah, my niece right now, she's just had a bone marrow transplant. So she's got a rare immune deficiency. Uh, and actually, mm. so my brother had to give his bone marrow. Um, Did he? Wow. Yeah. And she's going through chemo. She's losing her hair. It's not ideal. She's only 18 months old. So yeah, I think these guys do good stuff with the kids. I would, I would nominate them. Great. I'll pop that on there. Well, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. I hope you've got some value from this one. How can people connect with you, Shaz? Instagram, so it's at where's Shaz with two S's in the middle. Don't forget yep. the two S's. Um, that's the best way. Or Facebook's the same. Or LinkedIn, it's uh, Shazad Ahmed. Great. Yep. Get him. Get him added on on Instagram. It's uh, the the content that you put out is it's not all business. There is great personal stuff in there that I like to interact with, and that's exactly how we got speaking. So go and connect. And thank you again, Shaz. Speak yes, soon. Chris, thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.